0: where are you fella ready to start your career Fredericksburg we're hiring claims sales and service agents apply online today at slash Fredericksburg
1: all right guys welcome back to the second episode of paper movies I'm Adam from Brian's nerd pub and today we have the geeks attic uh, Matthew Wilson and we have Jeremy from stupid chainsaw production
2: Hello. It's <laughs> awesome. I'm excited about uh, this book this month.
1: Yeah. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about the novelization to Dragon Slayer.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: And I'm actually proud of Jeremy this time for actually having a physical copy.
0: Yeah. You know, concept. I know.
1: <laughs> but yeah, this was uh, the novelization of the film from, uh, it was like
2: 1981. 1981. It it yeah. It's a Disney right. Lucas film. Uh, not Lucasfilm. It's just uh, a Disney Paramount. Paramount. I'm so used to saying Disney Lucasfilm. It's yeah. all right, Disney uh, Paramount.
0: Paramount Lucasfilm uh, made the Indiana Jones movies. That's in Paramount distributed and Lucasfilm did everything else.
2: Yeah. yeah. There's like a new technology that they used in the film too. I can't remember what it's called. Go motion. Does that sound right, Jeremy? Oh, I don't know. They, the, uh, they did something new for the film that uh, wasn't really done before, which oh. I guess.
0: Lucas you no know? Screen.
2: ILM. They're- ILM was involved, so we're yeah. pushing, doing some edgy stuff there. Apparently well, new, new
0: ILM.
1: Stuff. Well, uh, Matthew, do you want to go ahead and give us
2: the, the summary? Uh, yeah, so basically we've got this, it's an old fantasy film, uh, or book, story, we'll say story, um, where this dragon is uh, taking root in a village, and in order for the village to appease the dragon, they do a sacrifice uh, twice a year um, on the spring and fall equinox. They do a lottery where they draw names of all the female citizens of the whole land of Erland, which is the, the whole nation. And uh, they, it's all the younger women. So like probably, I think, 20 and under. Is yes, the, 13 all 13 to... mid-20s? Yeah, and they all go in this lottery and they draw a name and then that person is sacrificed to the dragon and this keeps the dragon from destroying the the crops, the villages just murdering everybody, so that's how they keep the dragon at peace and then these villagers, they go seek out a wizard because the um, dragons were created by wizards and the only way that you could really kill one is with a wizard. So these, uh, villagers go out seeking a wizard to destroy the dragon and, uh, wizard. Basically, I guess, should we just go ahead and start talking about story points too now, since I'm kind of bleeding into it. Well, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, go for it. After
0: that, you're going to spoil, I know what you're going to spoil.
2: It's just like the, so they have this journey where this, uh, this guy, the, the apprentice of the wizard basically is the one that makes it out to Erland to put an end to the dragon. And, uh, things unfold that way so that's uh, basically the summary it's the hero
0: journey
1: yes I was gonna say like with the lottery it's just like that's basically the Hunger Games where no one wins
0: you know (laughs) only this was a lot better made (laughs) and didn't have horrible cinematography or horrible special effects I just watched all those movies by the way they all suck
1: (laughs) well I was gonna ask like what have, like, how was the read for you guys? Like, um...
2: Jeremy, would you like to go first?
0: Yeah. Um, I. First of all, I want to put this out here. This novelization, to me personally, not bashing the movie, this is superior to the movie in just about every way to the point where you don't even necessarily need to see this movie to get something from this book. In fact, it Matthew, if Matthew had told me that this was just a great novel and was not based on a motion picture, I would have believed him if, the, if <laughs> it didn't say right at the bottom that it's based on a motion picture, like Dude, I would have known
1: as I was reading it, that I was feeling this. I was thinking the exact same thing. Like as I was reading this, I was just like, I'm surprised that this wasn't like a novel before it was made into a movie. Like, yeah. and, and, uh, <laughs> And, uh, cause reading this, like you can actually get, you know, the impression that like, wow, the book must've come first because it goes like very in depth to a lot of things. And, and yeah, it was just, uh, I was, it was, I'm normally not one to read like uh, a lot of fantasy, like with wizards and dragons and stuff like that.
2: But, um, I actually, you know, enjoyed keeping up with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely different than the movie. Um, all the same story points. There's just, there's so much in the book that's not in the film, mm-hmm. which is insane because like we said, we, we, me and Adam have the paperback. Jeremy has the hardcover with him. Um, I have the hardcover too, but I've just, it's easier for me to carry the paperback around, but it's only 218 pages. So it's pretty short. However, I think if this was a novel that was printed today, it'd probably be, be around 300 and so pages you think? Cause it's.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, and I don't know because the hardcover is 183 pages.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think that's the perfect length
2: for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the words top to bottom, and it's pretty small print too. So I know a lot of the new books like to space things out a little bit more too. So yeah, yeah. plus the
1: chapters are like each like 15 to 20 pages. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, except
0: for chapter seven. Is oh
2: yeah, a, is chapter
0: the- seven's like 20. 30 pages long. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: There's like the break with the photos from the film, I believe, in that chapter. Oh, paperback. The,
0: the paperback in the hardcover, they put it in the middle of chapter eight during in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> and I was just like, what? And then not to mention, there's photos in this book that are direct spoilers of what's to come with captions. Wow. Explaining exactly what these stills from the film are. And I'm like, oh, spoilers i'm glad i've already seen the movie
1: <laughs> you know i did uh also notice that like the book and the movie are almost like opposites in the way that um the book actually you know goes into depth over things that you don't see in the movie With the movie is completely different like the movie actually you know it's all about like you know like Ulrich getting killed or the priest getting engulfed in fire but like with the but with the book like the it's just like with one sentence, you know, they said like, and the priest was engulfed in fire, then moving on, you know, that's just. Oh, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I've got a list of notes next to me here, too, that I took while I was reading that. Um, so when I'm, I'm looking around on my, uh, my computer, I'm, I'm going to read some notes. So uh, like I, I wrote down about the beginning, the description and scene setting in the beginning was absolutely incredible for me. Uh, there's so much explanation and descriptions that are going on that mm-hmm. aren't in the film and it, it just—it really sets the mood and the tone for everything that's gonna follow. You know, it to me that gritty '80s movie film um, vibe that you get when you watch those old movies. You know, there's like the little grainy, like mm-hmm. everything looks foggy, kind of. You get that when you're reading the book. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, my thing with it is the book could do things that with the dragon especially. The film they did not have the technology to do. This mm-hmm. film has still, oh, I don't know. It may be cooler than the animatronic they had for the close-ups in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire for the Hungarian Horntail, which when it was a close-up, that's a that's a puppet, which is really awesome. Uh, but this uh, Vermithrax is what the the Dragon, um, yeah. name is. Yeah. Um, to, uh, when it flies in the movie it dates the movie immediately yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, the, the, the only scene that really destroys it for me I think you will go into the movie uh, the, the visual effects when Galen is in the cave and Vermithrax is like in the water you can see where it's cut and just placed on top of the the film
0: yeah when they're using rear screen projection right? Yeah, uh, which was state of the art at the time It's that looks better though, I'll be honest, than any time James Cameron uses that in his movies. (laughs) Watch watch the original Terminator or Aliens, or I think they actually do it in The Abyss too, but it's been a long time since I watched that. When you watch those, it's clear that they're on a blue screen Hmm. and that they're reacting to something. Granted, it's usually something awesome in stop motion, which stop motion always looks fun, but like it just looks. Bad. But that that didn't bother me so much as soon as the dragon flies and its wings don't move.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. Where in the book it's doing all of these like swan dives. Oh and it, yeah.
2: And like, yeah. I love it In the ending, uh, we're just gonna jump around, right? When we talk about stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, something like what you're just talking about, the way it moves at the end, whenever the dragon comes in uh to grab Ulrich, he's like slipping on the edge and he's just like trying to grab him the wizard with his other Talon and he can't really, the, the dragon can't seem to really do it. So he like gives up and tries again. I keep calling him a he it's a she
0: it's a, it's, it's, a, it's it it it's, yeah. it's like, because it's, it's has babies, but it doesn't mm. have a mate. So I, right. it's right. like Godzilla in the 98 movie. <laughs>
2: yes, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's, it did say, I think once, and there were, I think there was one contradiction that I found, um, when the dragon, there was another one. They were all over the world at one time, and I believe it, it says that, that it did find a mate, and then the other one went off and died or something. But um, I think it says when Ulrich is talking about it in the beginning that it, the eyes don't close like the eyes are always open or something. But yeah. later later on it mentions that like its eyes closed and it fell asleep or something. To that, but oh, um, I, I was didn't... like, wait a second, I thought it said that. The dragon's eyes were always open.
0: Well, in the first... So, v- the cool thing... The thing, number one thing I liked about this novel is that Vermithrax, we get its perspective. Yeah. Which I found utterly fascinating. As someone who's a fan of Dragonlance, where in that series of books, the dragons can take human form. Mm-hmm. Or the- form of an elf or something like that they're magical and they talk to their writers and stuff so like that's interesting to me yeah what doesn't talk to the humans right which is refreshing but it's intelligent
1: right yeah yeah it's not just like the the book also went to perspective on like other characters too like um like melissa oh Oh, sorry
2: I like Gringe, the Raven, the White Raven. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, right. Melissa, who was Vermithrax's first victim that we uh, see in the movie and read about in the book, and and the priest, uh, uh, Jacobus, or what?
2: Yeah, Jacobus or something.
1: Jacobist, yeah. Jacobus, yeah. Um, but yeah, and like, and also speaking of which, like, some of these characters are more prominent in the book than they are in the film. Like Jacobus, I just remember, like, and that was the uh, that was the person that. The Ian McDermott played correct yes yeah like I, I if I remember correctly I've only seen this movie like once a few months ago but that was the only time you see him in the movie it's yeah, like very briefly yeah and then but in the book you know he's got he's in there like on several occasions oh yeah
2: having a big meeting with the villagers and then he like I just I love how his he goes and faces the dragon in the book way more than I do in the film it's pretty interesting yeah but with the like Galen, okay. Um, I love how the book dives into his history. Mm-hmm. In the movie, he's just the guy, the apprentice sitting there with Ulrich, the main yeah. wizard, but um, he has no motivation, no care at all for being a sorcerer. He's yeah. like, I just kind of get out of here. I want to go do my own thing. But Ulrich is like, No, you gotta you gotta do this. I'm teaching you everything that I know, you have to pass it on. The reason he's there is because his parents basically sold them to Ulrich because he was conjuring up animals and doing other weird sorcery things that they didn't want to happen around them. So they gave him to a wizard <laughs> to become an apprentice, which I thought was pretty cool. I mean, you go back into the whole orphanage-type like story where it's like, oh, some kid without his parents. But he was raised by somebody his entire life, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really cool... Take in the book of getting uh, Galen's history, and even with uh, Ulrich looking in the the big bowl of water that is like a vision into uh, the future, the past, and the present, showing different things in the in the past. We get a glimpse of how the dragons were made. I thought that was very interesting too. I mean, like you said, like the book being under you know 220 pages, it it gives so much detail that I never thought that. It would like a 220 page book would you know it's incredible wayland drew did an amazing job would you
0: say it gives more detail that we care about unlike jason fry's novelization of the last jedi with the rock paper scissors game in the sewer (laughs)
2: yeah yeah this this everything in this book i have i thoroughly enjoyed
1: i was gonna say like um I was going to say a couple of things. Like one, uh the one thing that I thought the movie maybe did better on was that scene with um in the book where uh you know how like Galen is summoned by the king, you know, cuz mm-hmm. you know he wanted That's to meet true. the dragon. Yeah. And um I felt like in the film his encounter with the king was more humiliating than it was in the book because you know, you see Galen actually try to show them his his uh, sorcery, but he fails at it, and mm-hmm. then, but in the book, I just kind of remember it just being kind of like an interview or something like that. You know, so like, no, the dragon is dead. I killed it, and he was like, no, you didn't. You know, yeah,
2: yeah that's true. The, the book does have, or the movie has some things that the book doesn't have that could be a little bit better. But um, yeah, him kind of being embarrassed in front of the king Cassidorus, um, and all of his like little henchmen or whatever you want to call king's people. But yeah, yeah. yeah I
1: think- but they. Uh, But I was going to say the uh, but what they did the same was, is that I remember Galen in that scene, like he, you know, he didn't show his embarrassment or his fear. And they even actually mentioned that in the book, like, you know, he did not show his fear. Like when they said that they were going to lock him up, you know, he just kind of kept his head held up tight, just stared him down and everything. Mm -hmm. I I thought that was cool that
2: they included that in the book. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because they mentioned that the king had some sort of like birth defect that made him like a mouth breather.
1: His yeah, mouth, yeah,
2: mouth yeah. Always open, and I was like, "That's really interesting. Like a weird detail to put in the book because, like, then you think in the movie, the king always did have his mouth open. So if they like based the book, I mean, if he got like a script to base the book off of, which is I think is how it all usually works. Yes, I really, I really want to know what that script looked like because there were so many things that were that were changed, so many things that were added.
1: I will say in both the movie and the book, uh, the character of Princess. Uh, Elps. Elstra. Elstra. yeah, She's probably like the most genuine, you know, good character because one, she's being real the whole time and when she finds out that her father has been trying to keep her from the lottery. She immediately makes sure that you she know,
2: fixes that issue.
1: Yeah, like and that's seen in both the film and read right in the book and I was just like, that's awesome. It's just like, because, you know, with Galen, you know, he's being something he's not, you know, or trying to show off in a way and And, uh, but I just thought that that was actually kind of cool.
2: That, um, yeah, they even make her, Elspeth, like kind of a slower, I thought, in the book. Like she's just completely oblivious to everything.
0: Well, they made her come off as she was so sheltered that she was still a child as an adult.
2: Yeah. Um, Um, It worked for me.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it worked for me as well. If anything, if I have one complaint about this book. It is the 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 switch the switch from her, um, going from being like a chi- being childish to like oh I need to be I need to cheat the lottery so that I'm chosen right and kind of rushed over yeah a little bit but yeah. that's like a, like a nitpick like nitpick
2: yeah I can see that <laughs> um, things that were really interesting too is that Craggmore. When uh, in Ulrich and Galen's little castle, um, I thought it was cool that they, like, Galen destroyed it, but when they left, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, we don't want to give this over to the robbers and to crooked people, so let's just tear it down. <laughs> so it's yeah. like after the little test failed with Ulrich and um, Tyrion, which it really didn't fail, um, it's like, let's get out of here, let's follow Hodge, poor Hodge. I liked him as a character too. Cool I think, uh, speaking of which, um did you guys think that
1: Tyrion was more intimidating in the book than the film?
2: Um, uh, Because
1: For some reason, like during the fight scene where he and Galen are fighting, I don't know. Like he mentioned something like uh, to Galen's just like, he's like, you're going to regret that. I was just like, Ooh,
2: (laughs) yeah, he he was intimidating, but he was also seemed a little bit more forgiving in a way or merciful to me in the book towards Galen
1: anyway. Okay. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, so yeah, you, you very well could be
0: right, yeah. The only difference I saw is he seemed more intelligent and cunning in the book. In the movie, he's more like just the thug, the leading yeah. thug of all of the king's thugs. Like, And he just like has more lines, and he's just supposed to be so Galen can have a sword fight with him. Yeah. Which don't get me wrong, I loved it in the movie, and I loved it in the book.
2: Yeah, and what's cool too with with Tyrion in the in the novel is he um he he admits like he that he's not afraid of anything. He's like I I I've never admitted to fear to pain to anything. But when he mentions something about the dragon actually being dead, he's like, "Do you fear that he's not something like that?" I could be wrong with what I'm talking about, but uh, Tyrion actually like he says, "Yeah, I'm I'm afraid." Like he confesses his fear to uh Cassidorus, the king which i thought was pretty neat
1: yeah i mean i've always liked that you know uh like i, I respect characters like that when you know they all they're strong they're like they're they know how to fight and everything but and the, but the, they up, they're up front with like oh man this thing scares me like but they still face it anyway
2: yeah yeah so i've got a bunch of notes on on a lot of this stuff like gringe the white raven I thought he was pretty like he was like a little comic relief throughout the whole thing Mm -hmm. but also drove the story in crazy places too you know
0: yeah he wasn't overused he was not a jar jar binks
2: no (laughs) no and it's like you just see like he just kind of disappears and you know galen recognizes them and like when he's in that uh cell the prison cell He sees the bird out there playing around with that Elspeth, and he's like Grinch, and then Grinch comes over to the window and just like says something to him, and then just takes off. And you're like, "What?" Come back. (laughs) And then he sees him later on too, like uh, hanging around um, the the blight area. Mm -hmm. It was cool, and he actually saves the day too, like saves uh, um, Valerian's life. So that was neat. Mm-hmm. When the dragon at the end was going to come down and take her out, he swoops in and like starts pecking at the eyes of Vermithrax, which throws Vermithrax off. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that part. And then, <laughs> then he dies.
0: Yeah, gets turned into uh, a Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah. But, um, pivoting to um, Valerian, I liked her in the book. Far more than I liked her in the movie. In the movie, I I found her kind of annoying, but in this, like, they give. Do I spoil that? Are you, yeah, this is. A yeah, I mean, topic. yeah, I mean, we're okay. Spoiler cool so,
1: alert, everyone. Yeah,
0: Valerian. Her whole life, her father's been protecting her, mm-hmm. for, uh, and has disguised her as a boy. Yeah, her whole life, and then when, we have a little like. We think Galen, well, I mean, I didn't think for a second Galen killed the dragon by with a rock slide. Because I, mean, I knew I had another hundred pages to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> but <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> to uh, reveal that she's a, a woman. And also they talk about it, like this is, oh gosh, it's like a third of the book. They don't reference uh, Valerian sex like at all there's a reveal scene which is in the movie i'm not sure how it got didn't get an r rating (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) Uh, full frontal yeah. yeah
1: i was gonna say like that scene in that scene in the book was less weird
2: it was more about galen's discovery of like Self awareness, kind of with him.
0: yeah, it, it was another part of like the uh, it was like a coming of age thing,
2: yeah, because he's he'd never like seen women, except it says it like one other time because the other times he's just been with an old two old men his entire life, you know, he was given over when he was a child. He says he saw some like women up the river swimming with no clothes on, so he's like, What's that? And again, he sees he's right. like, Oh, I felt this, this tickle up my leg. you like, <laughs> <right.">
1: <laughs> Well, I was. Uh, in the movie it would, what weirded me out was that i remember him talking to valerian saying he was just like oh yeah i i knew you were a woman the whole time and i'm just like that's kind of i don't know well, if
0: it that re- <laughs> played with it's played off as comedic in the movie yeah it worked in 81 but it really doesn't in 2020
2: yeah well like what i like about it though too is like in the in the it's all like innocent too you know, they play, yeah. like, I think if this book and movie were written today, it'd be like real pervy and just creepy. But like, it even says when the Erlanders were at Cragginmore, like Galen's like, why don't, there's something about that Valerian that's just different. I'm attracted, why am I attracted to that person? And then you like find out, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that's why. <laughs> I knew it, <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was an interesting take.
0: Yeah, also we don't get oh sorry I'm sorry Adam I just ran over the top of you
2: no 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 go for it go for it
0: um we also don't get the uh, what I found most annoying in the movie and I'm, I'm I'm bashing this movie a little bit and it don't get me wrong it's a fantastic film that I think everyone should watch like genuinely but there's like this forced love triangle thing going on in the movie between oh does Galen like the princess? or valerian and we don't get that at all wayland says nah (laughs) we're not putting that in here
2: yeah yeah he's well it even says like galen stayed through the summer and said like they became lovers so it's like oh there is a relationship in the movie it's kind of like we just got here to this city and you love me yeah relationship like that that was pretty fast
1: yeah i just note i noticed that too in the book like in the film this whole story take looks like it you know takes place within like a few days or a couple of weeks or something like that but in the book like you know it mentions that like oh yeah we've i've been here for like half a year or something like that
2: yeah yeah he's not allowed to leave the village the king's men are like watching out for him right yeah
0: it's it's like um to not to go back to star wars and empire strikes back
1: i knew you were gonna say this
0: (laughs) the most Time elapses in that Star Wars movie, and you would never know. I thought that for years that Luke trained with Yoda for like a week, but it's more like months. Yeah. That Han and Leia and Chewie are on Cloud City for, I think it's like three months. Yeah. But in the movie, you got to stay, keep it like fast paced. So, yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I was actually uh, going to mention, like, uh, I mentioned uh, Melissa earlier and I mentioned that they made her like her death more tragic than they did in the film because they actually gave you like her backstory of like when mm-hmm. they, yeah, they she was chosen as part of the lottery and it was uh, I don't know just to me that was just like oh I really don't want this and like, like I really don't want this girl to be killed by the dragon now you know so.
2: yeah Is it like the last moments with her family Mm-hmm. And then later yeah. on we get to meet her parents again and her mom is like kind of crazy from it when she like just uh, has a conversation with Valerian and Galen. Yeah, but
0: it's also talking to Melissa and Melissa's not there.
2: yeah so she's just lost her mind
0: yeah um, because in the it, the way it's set up in the movie is we it's supposed to be it's like the fake out reveal of vermithrax in the the movie because they you know with your monster you're not gonna show it that soon
2: right.
1: So I had a question for you guys. I was going to ask, like, um, uh, we've been, like, discussing, like, we've been updating each other, like, on what chapters we were, like, privately. But, like, how was, like, the read for you guys, like, the whole reading process? Because, like, uh, with, you know, most of us going back to our jobs now, you know, or just, you know, other stuff we have to take care of. Like, for me, it was... A little bit more challenging than normal because like one this novelization like what threw me off was like and i mentioned this earlier that like i you know like i could read this whole book and not know there was a movie and you know that's just it was just like because normally when you read a novelization like you're expecting to like read you know the book you know With, like, maybe a a few additional scenes or something like that, almost verbatim. But this one was like, whoa, this is like way, almost way different, you know?
2: Yeah, vastly different, but also the same. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. The same story structure happens.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, with a bunch of interesting nuggets.
0: There's another book I want us to review in the not eventually on paper movies that, um, that i've reviewed on the channel before i won't say what but it's very much like that where you have the same spot points but they're very different mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's kind of like uh jaws because like yeah. in the book and the film it's like almost the same structure but like different scenes happen or some of the characters are different or like like the it's the overall formula is there it's just you know kind of like it's got different elements to it i guess
2: yeah i mean to me it was uh it was a nice, easy read, but it was just, like, the timing for me was was rough because a couple, like, Star Wars stuff came out that I had to push through reviews and read those real quick and then re- stay on track with this book. And, and a lot of it, too, I thought, like, I was going to make it through a lot faster, but um, I just couldn't for some reason, you know. And, and when long – I get intimidated by long chapters. I just Yeah. Get, so it's like I see, like, oh, great, chapter seven's 30 pages. <sighs> <sighs> It's gonna take me forever, so I'll like get I'll wear myself out in a way. But I, I loved it. Um I, I have another note about Kragenmore. yeah I, I love everything that happened there in the beginning. Um I'm sorry, I, I we try not
0: to get distracted by the chat and this
2: because no.
0: it also just audio that goes on to uh Spotify and stuff. But oh Matt Wilkins is just a monster. <laughs> i'm just gonna throw that out there yeah Yeah. uh but yeah um uh, one of our viewers brought up something that i wanted to address in here yeah the brutality yes on briefly in both the movie and the book because the movie's pg at a time when pg was not neutered where you could show blood um the princess just being gnawed on by baby dragons.
2: Oh, that was gruesome. Yeah, I mean, it was
0: in the book too.
2: Yeah, it is.
0: Also, the uh, the description of how the uh, dragon's lair smells. Oh, I know. It made me want to throw up. I was like, it reminds me of some of the donations we get at work. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've actually been in houses for a part of my old job that it was like that, where it smelt like the Dragon's Lair.
1: Or like a retail store bathroom or something like that. Yeah.
0: Or a, like a truck stop bathroom. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolute nightmare. Like, yeah. me, the Dragon's Lair was, like, freaky. Like, just the description of it. and just mm-hmm. I'm like galen don't go in here (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) i mean like the dragon itself i mean it was creepy in the in the film but i mean it was it was like still very also creepy in the book like Mm -hmm. i mean it's just like with the film you at least get that visual but like you're but like when i read the book like i was still creeped out by the dragon because i was applying what i saw in the film to like what it's doing in the book. I'm just like, ah, you know,
2: yeah. It's like, it's some of the stuff is described exactly the way that you do see it in the film. Like when Galen is in the, the dragon's lair and, uh, he's, he's got his, his Lance and shield and he's hiding up above in like a little crevice. And then he says like that, Oh, the dragon swiftly comes like walking on its front, like claws and its wings. It's just, it describes that scene from the movie perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I wanted to jump back to the Kragenmore thing. I thought the book added a lot of lore that just was incredible to me. Um, let's see, it says, when they're explaining the dragon, I thought it was better in the movie. By the way, because it's like in the uh, the book makes Ulrich seem a little bit unaware of the dragon. He's kind of yeah. like going through the library, kind of like, oh, oh yeah, it's Vermithrax. Um, in the movie, he's like, yeah, Vermithrax pejorative. I know that dragon, it's old. But, you know, in the in the book he's like, oh, I don't know, let's go look down in the library and go through the scrolls, and he, like, sees all these different dragons that were, like, written about, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's got to be the one. Um, and I also love how... Uh, I thought I had the notes on this one where they're talking about the fireplace in Kragenmoor, where there's, like, all this lore attached to the mortar that is, they use to build the fireplace. How mm-hmm. like, bones of... um. One of the the kings that used to live there. I, I want to look through my notes real quick. I know that I wrote this down because I thought it was really cool um, about the Kragon War. There's the lore built into the castle. An ancient uh, mauve or mauve, some dude had three wives uh, that betrayed him for warriors. So he had them killed and used their bones as mortar to build the hearth.
0: Yeah, and he felt bad about it because they were so beautiful, but they cheated on him.
2: Yeah, and there were like several other like sorcerers that had lived in that castle throughout the time. I think you had a couple mentioned, like Belisaurus and uh, Pleximus. I thought that would have been pretty cool to uh, to dive even more into those guys. But
1: no, it you're you're absolutely right. Like you know, you get like all of this additional lore. Like I kind of felt like when the novel it was the novelization was like there to explain like what we see in the movie, like give you like a backstory like of like certain characters that you know we probably wouldn't think twice about if we saw the movie. But no, like I I
2: like i like that too yeah um the lottery it would suck to be a part of a lottery like that getting your name thrown in a big leather I, jar <laughs> or a big uh, mason jar and...
1: i'd hate to see what the powerball comparison to that would be
2: yeah and what was the guy's name that had to uh read the the codex dracorum oh uh, i can't remember let me i don't know why i can't remember it either but everyone has a
0: weird name in this book
2: they do. Yeah. I, I love the names. I they yeah,
0: were... I, I, they're fine for me. Like it's better than some fantasy I've read, where it's just like, come on. Yeah. Way to say okay. legolas and
2: not say legolas. I'm you know. Sure. There, I was. Vermithrax's name in the book. I can't remember this one. Did it say Vermithrax pejorative, or just Vermithrax, the like the great worm? I don't remember, man. Because I know in the movie Earl Ulrich when they're talking about it in Kraganmore, he's like, Oh, Vermithrex pejorative. But like he's having a PTSD moment.
1: I think I remember what you're talking about. I just can't remember like what page it was on. I don't know if it did say pejorative in here. Just like the I last.
2: I can't quite remember either. Um There are several different versions of this. I know one of the, uh, the members of the, the book club posted a cover on uh, in the Facebook group. I guess it's the German copy. I don't know if it was print or um, like an ebook. but I've got a couple different versions here of the book that I wanted to show you guys if you want to look at them. Yeah, go for it. Uh, this one, I believe, is the Canadian. I have to look first. I should have done this before the video started. Um, this is the, this is the Great Britain edition, sorry. Oh, nice. It's got Galen on there with a shield. Mm-hmm. Way better than the American version. I disagree. Really? Yeah. I, the, that is
0: cover- that, the, neither cover's particularly good, but the American one's
2: better. Well, this one, you get the picture of the, at least it's the lance on there that he uses, which is uh, Sicarius Dracorum was the yes. name. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I just actually saw that word—a
0: a Roman name. Yeah, but the Saxon, but the Saxon weapon, I guess. I don't know. There's so many Saxons and Romans fighting one another, and Romans breeding with the Saxons. It's,
2: it's Yeah, See, it's this one, this <laughs> Great Britain one says a sweeping mystical fantasy, now a spectacular film. So this book must have come out before the film. Well, yeah. They usually did that, though, right? That's what they did. They
0: were part of the uh, marketing campaign. Okay. Uh, In fact, usually, a lot of times, these would be written a year before the film would come out.
1: Well, then that would probably make sense, you know, like why I was like, this should have been a novel first before it was a movie. So, yeah, that's probably... (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, this is uh,
0: the uh, uh, releasing the movie novelization after the movie comes out is a Disney
2: thing. This is a UK amount and a New Zealand amount for the price down there. That's neat. But the, yeah, but I do have that, a,
0: Go ahead. Yeah, uh, releasing things, uh, releasing movie novelizations after the movie's out of theaters is a dumb Disney thing. <laughs> That's not normal. But for some reason, it's becoming the standard, and I just, I hate it. I hate it so much.
1: I was actually going to ask, like, I probably should have looked this up before we uh, started recording, but has Waylon Drew written anything else
2: like? He did. Uh, he did the um, Willow novelization, I believe. Yeah. Oh, he did. I think. I could be wrong. I'll look this up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. why't you do that,
0: He's I'll show you the cards, if that's what you're asking.
2: Do what? He's not written any Star Wars, to my knowledge. No, I don't think so. Um, but he was a fantastic writer. I, I have the Canadian version, which to me is the best cover.
1: Uh, yes, good. he did
2: write Willow. Yeah.
0: Okay, I like that. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, and that's yeah. You, cool. you got Ulrich over here and Galen. Vermithrex swooping down. And then you can just get a close-up of his face on the back.
1: I have to say, like, um, the actor that played Galen, uh, I think his name's Peter, uh, Mac-nickel, I think, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like, I think one, this was the first movie he was ever in. And two, I think this is the only action type role that he's ever played where like most of the roles that I've seen him in are like more comedies. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
2: Yeah. Um, we do know this is a random. Well, I'll go ahead and show you the last cover that I have here. Um, I actually have there's a comic comic book adaption, which is what I'm going to show you. But um, there are two issues of the comic. Uh, it's this one though. I have both of those, but this is the collection of both of them in mm-hmm. one. The paperback. Which
0: that's the best cover. I was about to say, yeah.
2: Vermin yeah. looks terrifying. It's, yeah, really uh, evil. You got a like a real picture photo on the back of, from the film.
0: Part of me wants to address this uh, comment in the comment section of uh, releasing a book after the movie comes out, fixes the plot holes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No, that that's,
2: then you shouldn't make bad movies. <laughs> this is, this is 1980s Disney, not 2020. Disney.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is in a a pre Bob (laughs) Iger Kathleen Kennedy
2: era. Yeah, and by the way, this is all published by uh, Del Rey.
0: Of course, like Del Rey is like one of the biggest publishing companies ever.
2: Except the UK version, Fontana.
0: Well, because there's no Del Rey in the UK, right? Uh, Because like Star Wars books now are uh, in the UK are published under Century. At least they used to be. I don't know. if Yes, they are now because I have an oversized paperback of Solo, a Star Wars story, and it's a century print.
1: I was going to ask you guys like uh, uh, two questions. One, would you recommend the book over the movie? And two, like what would you rate this book overall?
0: Jeremy, you want to go first? I would rate this book over the movie because one, it's easier to find in the movie. Well actually that's not true anymore.
2: It's this, digital copies everywhere now.
0: Uh, yeah. But back in back like when Matthew first introduced me to this, like a couple years ago, you could not find this movie anywhere.
2: It's still not available on Blu-ray.
0: No, this needs I don't know. It must be some licensing thing.
2: Yeah,
1: like when uh, Matthew was recommending it to me to read it, like I just typed it in like on a a free streaming app that I have on my Roku and it was just there, but it was only going to be there for like maybe two or three days. I'm like, Ooh, I got to watch it now. You know?
0: Yeah. But, uh, but this book is significantly better than the movie. Uh, I would, out of like, out of five stars, I'd give it a five out of five.
2: Five out of five. Yeah. I'd give it an A plus. I love it. I mean, I'm one of those people that like, yeah, I love the book. But I think the film, maybe the film just has a special place for me. Because, like, I saw this movie when I was, like, three or, or four years old for the first time. And then, like, I've always remembered it. And then I sing it on TV once, maybe in junior high again. Be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I love this movie. I've always remembered it. And then finding it when I was in college on, like, the digital format, when they started releasing digital format movies, like, I had to buy it. And now, like, I've got... I bought it on iTunes. I bought it on the Amazon TV. So I like I have it because for some reason it won't cross over onto one of my TVs because it doesn't accept both platforms. So, like, I own the DVD, like, two copies. I just – I love the movie. I, I just wish it would be on Blu-ray. Still, it, we can have the hard copy of it, you know?
1: I did actually see that Amazon was selling the movie posters for it.
2: Yeah, yeah they get – I love the movie posters. Um, so it's hard for me to say if I recommend the book over the movie – if you can't find the movie, definitely get the book. Can't find the book, get the movie. I
1: would personally uh, go with my ex- – uh, recommend my experience. I, I saw the movie first, and then I read the book because, like, you get that surprise of, like, getting all the extra detail. So
2: – Yeah.
1: Um, go ahead. I'm
2: sorry. Like, with the visual of Vermithrax, to me, is the coolest-looking dragon from any film, any – like picture that I've ever seen of a dragon, Vermithrax takes the taco.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's it's a, it's I think it's tied with the close-ups from uh, Goblet of Fire, not the distant shots that turns into a horrible CG effect.
2: Yeah, yeah, because I, mean, I told you, ILM was involved, and uh, there is that photo out there. You could type it in Google. Velmuthrex fights um, what is that thing from Star Wars? the uh the rain, core. rain and core. you'll see where they, they put the two um models that they had together like where they're fighting and it looks really cool i'll
1: have to go find and
2: check that yeah, out Yeah, it's, it's awesome
1: <laughs> now i'm gonna confess like there, both the ending of the film and the uh book i might have been a little bit confused like were they trying to imply that like vermithrax was the final dragon mm-hmm. like ever and yeah. like magic all magic was gone uh-huh. so like much, yeah Oh, okay, yeah. I was- and
2: that's what, there's, t- tie in what you're saying. There's a quote that I, w- I wrote down, or an excerpt, whatever you want to call it, that I thought was pretty good. Um, it's Valerian and Galen were talking to each other. Um, but it says, all that knowledge and wisdom I could have learned, it could have kept it. Sorry, I'm reading these tiny notes. Yeah, all that knowledge and wisdom I could have learned, I could have kept it and passed it on. And then Valerian says, perhaps she says, there's room for only so much wisdom in the world, perhaps it changes, perhaps it has to die in some ways before it can be born in others. So I thought that was pretty neat. Basically yeah. saying that it's a, it's a season where you know things need to die off and maybe eventually sometime down the line it'll all come back. Which reminded me of another book series out there that I haven't finished. Um, just fantasy stuff in general, just always about repetition and oh, the wizards die off and they come back again like Lord of the Rings (laughs) yeah yeah and like with the ending too, with the uh, film I liked it better because it's hard to because the book explains the reason that the movie doesn't when he turns around and there's the horse like I wish we had a horse and they turn around and the horse comes up over the hill in the movie and he starts laughing and you don't understand that unless you've read the book because you yeah. need to be able to just summon animals. And it, it, it says that he's like, Oh yeah. When I was a kid, I used to just, you know, I'd say I want a horse and a horse would appear and then like they hear a horse in the distance and he, they're like, uh, okay. In the book. And then he's about to do something else. And Valerian's like, just stop. And then the book ends. So it's know, like kind of a joke.
1: Yeah. I was just, <laughs> if I, if I was Galen at that point, like, okay, now I want a million dollars. Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so, you know, it was cool too that the, there was the wasn't there a uh, not just the raven, but like a big hawk or eagle that was soaring away from Kraganmore that uh, comes across the blight and is like, oh, there's something crazy is about to happen over here before he continues on. Do you remember that? Uh, Was that? The I don't or I can't remember if it was a hawk, or was that the, uh, the big crane that he, Galen sees in the river that makes him pause, and he's like, "What's going on here?" And then the then Gringe comes again, like the last time we see Gringe and another animal appear. I think I'm talking that... about. Yeah, what chapter was that again? Oh, man, I can't remember. Some of these uh... things are so long. Might have been nine. No,
0: now we're getting to the end of the podcast when they have to pull out the book and reread it. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, there's there's some cool, cool things in the book that weren't in the movie.
1: Well, uh, speaking of which, Jeremy, uh, that's one thing that I did notice that this actually does not have an audiobook version of it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it probably does. It just doesn't exist on streaming. It's probably an abridged cassette somewhere.
2: In some foreign language. <laughs> we there, find um, it like, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Like, I keep glancing at my notes and seeing all these different things, too. Like, with uh, Tyrion, like, when he was talking, confessed his fear of the dragon, he's like, oh, dragons live forever. They're immortal. And Cassidorus is like, Tyrion, there's been two in your lifetime. They They can die.
0: Yeah, they cuz they talk about heroes going off to to kill dragons. Yeah. There is some success. Yeah, and like they've dropped
2: off like they dropped some names like Cantwear and Yeah, Ant. I remember Yeah, 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 I remember those. And then after the dragons were killed, they said like those places erupted in chaos. So it was like kind of like the dragons kind of kept people in order like fear me not each other. There's
0: more, more like I can't wear pants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the comments. <laughs> um the
2: location too. Can't wear it's
1: it's it's very uh it's got hints of like a smog in it, like where it's just he rules that mountain and like
0: uh, uh sorry, uh, what what was that you said? Uh what was that name? Can't wear smog. You mean
1: smog.
0: uh smog, smog.
1: <laughs> but no like we're I mean, yeah, just one, spout. the dragons are immortal, like, and they can only die if they're killed, like, otherwise they won't. And, just die. yeah. <laughs> and two, they kind of, uh, like, people are always, like, you know, uh, kept in. He keep, uh dragons always keep people in check, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. And what was, I thought, too, was really fascinating is, like, when Galen was coming to Erland it has Vermithrax sitting on the ledge of its lair, like up, up on the, the entryway. It's just kind of like relaxing. And then it, <laughs> it like, I guess, I think it's just like it, the Vermithrax puts its head up and it like senses something like there's a storm coming and like, it's overwhelmed with this un, unease and discomfort. So it just turns around and like goes into the cave down to the lake of fire. So it was like, it, it sensed the, uh, the amulet that Galen had around his neck, which I guess pretty, held the spirit of ulric well guess. It was
0: magical and he hadn't dealt uh it hadn't dealt with magic in a while
2: right but uh, yeah but just i love how it, it sensed it like danger's coming for me
0: you know it's like in highlander whenever an immortal runs into another immortal they like sense them hmm. there matt you happy i put some highlander in this podcast <laughs> i did that for you i've just been waiting
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I really enjoyed the book. Um like it was like I said, it was different. Like and uh, not just like cause it was different from, you know, the movie. It was just like I said, I have not read a lot of, you know, fantasy that involves like, you know, wizards and dragons and and uh, knights and everything, but so yeah, I mean I, I still thought that it was good and I would give it an A.
2: Yeah. And what's cool is like it ties into Kind of like a, a realistic fantasy in a way, because it's yeah, like...
0: it's like based in medieval England. Right, yeah. because you have
2: like the Christians are, are coming around and the magic dies, so it explains like why we don't have all these sorcerers running around today because it just kind of died out, replaced by other faith and religions and stuff.
0: You know, we're talking about when the band Saxon fought the Romans, you know. it's It's a good time. It's a good time had by all. <laughs>
1: I will say... What happened in both the book and the film that I'm still annoyed with is that, you know, the king is celebrated for the, being the
2: dragon slayer.
1: Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like,
2: what? Well, in the book, though, you do get the sense that he knows, like, because there's a moment when when Galen, he's leaving Erlen, him and Valerian are like, let's just yeah. get out of here. And like they see the king on the road and they stop and the king's just like kind of stares at them, you know, with like sorrow on his face. It's like he knows, like, I'm about to go steal your thunder and I feel horrible about it.
1: <laughs> like, here's your yeah. amulet back, you know. Yeah, he's like, here,
2: you, you can do this better than I can. But but when they do finally actually leave, they cross paths again. And, like, that's when Valerian's like, we're leaving. You know, it kind of, like, stops their little, like, stare down that they're having. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, like, you but, son of a... You know, Yeah, it was cool, too, that they explained, like, why Valerian was disguised the whole time as a male. Because yeah. her mother... Was a victim of the lottery. Yeah,
1: I I like that. I like mm-hmm. that description. It was uh, it was very sad, and you know, like, you know, as a you know, as a father, I probably would have done the same
2: thing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, this a, a crazy thing that, like, if you read the book after you see the movie, that can serve as like a little, oh, cool, I didn't know that. But if you see read the book first and then you watch the movie, you're like, how come we didn't explain that? Yeah. So it was like I, one of those little like surprise nuggets that you're like, oh, cool.
1: I personally always like watching the movies first and then reading the book. Cause I like looking for those Easter eggs or those, you know, you know, deleted, you know, dis- scenes or, you know, where this, the, where it goes more in depth on like certain other aspects of the story. You no, know, like, and then, cause like, cause then I could like, uh, like the next time I watch it with my wife, I'd be like, Hey, did you know that? At the-? Like I did that a lot with the James Luceno Plagueis book. And then we watched uh Attack uh or uh, the Phantom Menace again, like hey, did you know at this time Plagueis was doing this, you know? No, I, and she enjoys that. <laughs>
2: um we have the all those the the travelers from Erland that went to Kragenmore, those names, like Grail, that was he was cool. I mean, you felt bad for the guy because his daughter was lost to the dragon. But He, like, gets angry and pissy and tries to fight Galen. And then everybody kind of, like, punches him and kicks him and stuff. (laughs) So then he, he, like, comes up later and says, I'm sorry. But in the movie, you don't know any of that stuff. But um, one of the other travelers, I thought the name was funny. And I don't know, what is the – in the movie Alien, what are those aliens called? Xenomorphs. And this guy's name was, like, Xenophobius or something like that? I, I pronounce it as Xenophobius. The the Mueller or Mellor or whatever. I don't know what that is.
1: Now I was going to ask. I may have missed it, but why is it?
0: Oh, why is it women? The I can't remember. I think the idea originally was uh, they were sacrificing virgins. Uh, oh.
1: Okay.
0: Permethrax is so elderly. Doesn't that notice. Doesn't care at this point, so they're just sacrificing any any woman. Well, at this time, you have to understand these are like. We're basically puritans so it's not like they're having like relations out of wedlock
2: mm.
0: <laughs> but for the most part they're mostly unwed yeah with the exception which i found interesting of uh valerian's mother because i i was under the opinion when watching the movie that they were all like
2: unwed yeah mm. yeah and, and they never did say that yeah, it's well,
0: just in white and stuff and that's like pagan because there's a lot of there's some pagan sort of things going on in this with the sacrificing
2: yeah and- yeah like everything has to follow exactly the, the order that's been written they even say like oh it's been written that you have to sit in the wagon oh you no, you have to be tied it says it like that's the, that was kind of comical too because the guy which <laughs> i still can't remember his name like every time when melissa would be like oh can i do this He like Oh, but it's written in the Codex Dracorum that you have to have the flower in your hair. It's just like everything is like, well, it's written in the dragus. You're like, okay, we get it. <laughs> it's like rules are rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's driving me crazy that I can't remember his name all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, to be fair, like it's like what Jeremy said, like there's like a lot of names and like weird names in this. Like Galen is probably the easiest name to remember because one, it's so simple, and two, you know. Obviously, it, it, Star it, it, Wars again, but yeah. Um.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah it, the Jacobus, his his death was pretty gruesome. It would get yeah. just charred. And this is when you do notice, like, Vermithrax just doesn't care at this point in his life, her life. <laughs> Vermithrax
0: lives in agony.
2: Yeah, so he's like, like, oh, here's a free meal. Just, like, chars it and moves on. Like, doesn't care. <laughs> he's like, you, "You get behind me, you foul demon. And it's just <laughs> engulfed in flames. <laughs> kind of comical but also pretty bad
0: oh yeah no it's horrifying in the book we're just playing it up for laughs right now but it's funny when people just get or like it turned into a charcoal clump and they keep referencing the charcoal clump that is oh yeah
2: they do several times
0: in fact the, the white raven um Crashes
2: lands like right next and to
0: right him. Next to Jacobus, <laughs> two characters
2: that are pieces of charcoal, yeah. And it's just neck- so it, like is, doesn't it describe Jacobus as like just he's just a withered up charcoal piece that's like all twisted and like his arms like sticking up, pointing to the sky. It's, it's yeah. just it's like wow, this is disturbing, yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's a comment that says "xenophobus" means he hates foreign people. Yeah, huh. yeah. The- he did. The guy did hold a grudge. He didn't feel at ease with uh, with Galen or um, Hodge or anybody. So it can make sense.
0: All right. Uh, closing thoughts, people.
2: We're getting to that time. Get this book. It's easy to get on eBay. For super cheap.
1: Or just be like, hey, Matt, can I borrow it?
0: <laughs> That's how where I got it? my book. How many copies?
2: Yeah, how, how many, many co- Yeah, uh, I have... Well, we've got the comic adaption. I've got the two issue comics, like the singles. We've got that one. And this one. And I've got four of these, plus the hardcover. So a few away
0: people i had the hardcover before he did
2: he <laughs> did yes so jealous of me yep. i was like oh man and yours is in really good condition too isn't it
0: well this one you gave me uh, not so much but the one that yeah that one had never been read or was read once without the dust
2: jacket on yeah see this one that i have in my hand the one that i did read when i got this one it was in perfect condition, kind of like these other two, these foreign ones that I have, which, you know, there's, there, these haven't been read. These look like they were someone that collected books that just like, oh, I'm going to put these up on the shelf and never read them. Um, kind of like a lot of my books. <laughs> but even the comic <laughs> adaption, this spine is perfect. It's not creased at all. Um, but I have the other copies of this that I do have have been read and they're pretty messed up. But when I got this one, it was perfect. This crease happened um, last weekend and it made me sad. You should have read the, one of the beater copies. I should have. But I was like, Oh, I want to hold it in my hand and be all crisp and clean. That's what happens, you ruin books.
0: Yeah, you <laughs> uh, People, yeah,
2: they, they're, they're on eBay, like I said, you can find them. There are a lot of them are on there for under five bucks and free shipping.
1: And yeah, I, I recommend both. See the movie and then or like read the book first or whichever you prefer, but like yeah, read the book, see the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I was also going to remind our viewers that uh, after uh, this podcast ends, we're going to be doing a live stream just almost immediately after. So, and then we'll answer more of your questions and, you know, and discuss the book with you and other stuff as well. So, um, but should we go ahead and tell them like what's going to be going down in uh, paper movies, like for the next two months?
2: Yes, yeah, sir. We got to... it
0: laid out. Jeremy, you want to go ahead and do... Uh... Okay. For those of you stupid Chainsaw production fans, July is a special time because we live in times of conflict, and it's really hot. <laughs> so that means it's the summer of the Predator. <laughs> we're doing a ton of Predator stuff, and every weekend in July, we will be watching a Predator movie. Oh, nice. from some uh, commentary. But our book club for next month, the month of July is, uh, from Christopher.
2: Oh gosh. Uh, Isn't Christopher golden,
0: uh, his novelization of the last predator film, the predator.
2: And it's going to be on stupid chainsaw productions channel. Yes. On the last Thursday, most likely the last Thursday of next month.
1: And, in August it's, this is probably going to be on geeks addicts channel, but, uh, I requested that for August, we're going to be doing Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. Indiana Jones. That'll be for August. And uh, Matthew, you want to say what's going to be going on your channel for the month of July? Like as far as reviews go,
2: I'm going to have, well, no, (laughs) I don't know what I'm going (laughs) to have. Uh, Another star Wars book review. Uh, I'm going to try to get another legends book out there. And uh, I think that might be it. I I have, I've just, purchased a few books at the bookstore that um, I would like to get through but start most most likely we're gonna do a Star Wars book so nice. uh,
1: I will say next week before the Fourth of July I'm planning to do a jaws movie review with like some comparisons to the book and I do have a I'm be reviewing the Dark Knight returns Um, with kind of the same thing, the book, but comparisons to the movie, but I do have a podcast out to finish editing. So, but yeah, also, uh, you guys can also, Jeremy's going to actually uploading the audio to this podcast on Spotify. Like you got us a spot yeah, on Spotify, on
0: Spotify, Apple podcast, Google play music. Uh, and, uh, I think that's it. Maybe Google podcast, uh,
2: before we close out, I would recommend that you guys pick up the Dragon Slayer soundtrack. It's available on iTunes and I believe Amazon as well. Great music by Alex North. You can you could tell it's from like the early 80s, but most of it theme song. Reminds good.
0: me of Conan the Barbarian, if you all are familiar with that one.
1: <laughs> all right, guys, well that's gonna do it for the second episode of Paper Movies. Thank you all so much for joining. And just a reminder, like in just a few minutes, we're gonna do a live stream discussion with all of you guys. So just stick around for that. And um, uh, thank you guys again. Be sure to go check out Geeks Addict at his channel and go check out Stupid Chainsaw Production. And we will see you guys in just a few minutes. Peace out.
2: With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you got to check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles, 15% offer ends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some excuses apply. See store kohl's account for details.